And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Look in your Bibles to John 14. I'm going to take not a lot of time here because the, the, the remainder of the service, we want to uh, pray for you and your families. But I do want to read you a few things. And, and I shared some things Wednesday night in our um, Common Ground Fellowship here. And uh, I want to share it with you so you develop uh, the right mindset for this coming new year. In John chapter 14 and verse 12, it says, Jesus stated, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, how many of you believe in Jesus? The works that I do, he will do also, and greater works, everyone say greater works, than these he will do because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now listen, in my Bible, it, it states this, and this is so good. It says, when blessing comes in your life, isn't that what we're talking about this year? When blessing comes in your life or ministry, it is tempting to accept that this is all God has for you. Instead, refuse to allow the blessings of God's grace on your work to lead you to think that he may not be ready to do even more in your life. God wants to do more in your life. God wants to do more in my life, my family, and my church. He does not call you to attempt to produce more, but to ask and believe him for more. And we're all guilty of not asking him are believing him for more, for greater works he has in store for us to receive and by his grace achieve for all his kingdom's power and glory. Uh, turn to uh, Psalm 65. So God has greater things in store for you. God has greater things in store for this church. So you better start thinking about that. Because when God has greater things in store, he's going to need his people. Look at uh, Psalm 65, verse 11, and then I'm going to read you a different translation. But in the New King James, it states, You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. So God crowns the year. Are we, are we at the end of a year? Getting ready to start another year? And we've all asked you, Abe asked you today, how has God blessed you? Well, he crowns the year with your goodness and, and his past drip with abundance. Now, <clears throat> the New, New Living Testament says, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Have we had a bountiful harvest? Even, now listen, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. How many of you ever had, have you had some hard pathways this year? It says, well, that even your hard pathways will overflow with abundance. God's intention is to surround you with abundance and blessing. God's will is to surround you with abundance and blessing. You think about this when he, when he says you crown. Crown means to encircle or surround. So God wants to surround you, your family, and the church with his blessings. Amen. There will be things that will try to steal your health, your peace, your joy. I mean, that's evident. Jesus said we're going to have, you know, tribulation, but he's overcome it. 
God's desire is for you and I to experience his goodness even in difficult situations. So even if you're going through something right now, God's goodness is available for you. God's provision is available for you. God's blessings are available for you. Even the Lord's pathways overflow with abundance. So <clears throat> next year, I want you to expect that. And I'll tell you what, you, you listen to TV. You watch all that's going on in the world right now, and you think, oh, look, what's uh, everything's going to hell. Everything's going to pieces. All these tragic things taking place. God's still God. He's still on the throne. He loves me. He's for me. He wants to bless me. Now, I, I, we've been on this all year, and it's, it's kind of bittersweet when, we, when we're going to end this series. But I want to end it today officially as we pray for you. But I want to read to you from this book, and it was called The Forgotten Blessing, written by a, a Messianic Jew, a pastor. He says, when God called Abraham, he promised him something remarkable. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He says, let's take a few moments to consider what this means in today's terms. If Abraham passed down the covenant blessings of God in part through verbal blessing, then we might surmise that every family on earth today has been blessed because of the Jewish people. Can this be proven? Think about this. More than 6 million Jews died in the Holocaust, radically diminishing the Jewish race. Yet, though Jews make, the Jews make up just one-fourth of 1% 1 of the world's population, they have supplied 15% of the Nobel Prize winners since 1989. In his book, What the Church Owes the Jews, Leslie Flynn writes, if an anti-Semite decided to boycott all the tests and cures discovered by the Jews, he would certainly open himself to a host of serious diseases. Besides refusing Jonas Salk's polio vaccine, he would be also decline the polio pill by Dr. Albert Sabin, the test to fight diphtheria invented by Bella Schick, the diet regime of Joseph Goldberger, which has fought um, with P-E-L-L-A-G-R-A. I'm not familiar with that. To a standstill, blood transfusion made possible by the work of Dr. E.J. Cohn of Harvard, the Wasserman test for syphilis, the vaccine for hepatitis discovered by Bloomberg, um, streptomycin discovered by Dr. Selman Abraham Waxman as an antibiotic, chlorohydrate for convulsions discovered by Dr. Von Liebig, and vitamins discovered by Casimir Funk. Let's also not forget the foundation of Western law and the Ten Commandments. The young American colonists, colonies based the rule of law on the Old Testament, and the Declaration of Independence and Bill of Rights were drawn from the natural law of the Noahic, Noah, Noahic Covenant. Whenever you turn on a light switch, you can thank Charles Steinmetz, a Jewish scientist who developed a concept called the utilization of electricity. If you are in the armed services and deployed on a mission that requires a helicopter, you can thank the Jew Emil Berlinger. Berlinger. When you boot up your computer, you can thank 
Nor- Norbert Weiner, a, a mathematician who developed cybernetics. If you're a physics student and you get stumped answering a problem, you can thank Albert Einstein. Heard of him? You can also thank Einstein for his help in developing the television. If your city is empowered by nuclear energy, you can thank um, Enrico Fermi and J. Robert Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. The next time you drive your car, you can thank Siegfried, Siegfried Marcus, who developed the internal combustion engine. You can thank the Steinway Piano Company, not only for their fine instruments, but also for being the first American automobile builder. You can thank Edwin Land for the camera and Strauss for stainless steel. Let's not forget to thank the Jews who contributed to the world of music. Irving Berlin, Oscar Hammerstein, George Gershwin, Arthur Rubenstein, Herb Alpert. Never knew that. I, he was my hero. Herb Alpert. He played trumpet. Burt Bacharach. Did you know he was a Jew? Neil Diamond, Carly Simon, Simon Garfunkel, Arlo Guthrie, Janice Ian, Carol King, Gary Lewis, Barry Manilow. Olivia Newton-John, Neil Sadaka, liked him too, Bob Dylan, it's comedy, let's not forget Groucho, Chico, and Harpo Marx. If you wear a particular brand of blue jeans, remember that this is a Jewish name just above the right back pocket. What's, what's the name? Levi. But the greatest contribution that Jews made to bless all the families of the earth was the Messiah, Jesus, born of a Jewish virgin named Mary. God's word was also written and preserved by Jews, and the evangelist who brought the gospel to the Gentile world was a Jewish man named Paul. One of America's founding fathers, John Adams, wrote in a letter, I will insist that the Hebrews have done more to civilize men than any other nation. If I were an atheist, I should believe that chance had ordered the Jews to preserve and to propagate to all mankind the doctrine of a supreme, intelligent, wise, almighty sovereign of the universe, which I believe to be the great essential principle of all morality and consequently of all civilization. Ever since Jacob gave the instruction that all of Israel would verbally bless others with the forgotten blessing, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. And by the way, what's Ephraim? And Manasseh mean? Forget the pain of your past and a fruitful future. Jewish people have not ceased from blessing the coming generation with those powerful words. Their success as a people is hinged largely on their willingness to bless. They have believed God's promise to Abraham. In blessing, I will bless you. Everyone say that. In blessing, I will bless you. And finally, he says, because you are of the seed of Abraham, and all of the blessings and promises that belong to him are yours also. They are yours to receive from generations past and yours to give to generations to come. God cares about all the families of the earth, and he desires to bless them. You can swim in that stream of verbal blessing or you can choose to let your tongue be filled with iniquity. You can shatter the coming generation or you can bless it. At this very moment, God is crossing his hands and placing his right hand of blessing over your head. You make the choice. Will you bless or will you curse? Will you bless others with the forgotten blessing and open the door to God's blessing in your life? I'm confident that you will. 
So now begins your journey, dear one. Healing, wholeness, blessing will begin to flow as you are to you as you begin to speak the words of this ancient blessing over your family and those whom God puts in your path. But it does not stop there. You will find wholeness as others speak blessings over you. Every blessing offered on your behalf is meaningful. But I think that you will find special benefit in using Hebrews 7, 7 as a guide. And he quotes, now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. If you do not have a greater person in your life, you need to find one. It could be a biological or spiritual father or mother. It could be a pastor or Christian leader. The point is that we all need spiritual covering. When the time is appropriate, share the principles of the forgotten blessing with that person who serves as your covering and then ask him or her to lay hands upon your head and bless you. You may want to have examples of blessings for him to follow or you may find that he's comfortable letting God direct his words. Don't worry. If the person is not articulate or expressive, remember that this is a new concept and it takes some time to grow accustomed to it. In any event... Do not force things if the person is resistant to the concept at first. You may need to wait for another time or person. If your biological father or mother agrees to bless you, be aware that something of eternal value. Mm, I'm sorry. If your biological father or mother agrees to bless you, be aware that something of eternal value will be happening in him or her as well in blessing you. Now, the blessing of a parent or mentor may not come every day. So how can you receive a spoken daily blessing? You can bless yourself. Remember, we talked about that. Do you remember our study of Tamar, a daughter of King David, after she was abused both verbally and physically by her half-brother? She tore her many-colored robe, as we've seen, but then she did something quite remarkable. Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her robe of many colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went away crying bitterly. When a person was mourning in biblical days, she would place her own hand upon her head and speak blessings over herself because the forgotten blessing was used so frequently. Frequently, it's very possible that in her grief, Tamar was blessing herself with the forgotten blessing. May I be like Ephraim and Manasseh and forget the pain of my father's house and be fruitful in my future. I encourage you to make the forgotten blessing a part of your daily prayer life. Lord, make me like Ephraim and Manasseh. I can tell you personally that blessing myself with these words has brought healing, wholeness, and completeness, flowing like a rushing river into my life. The promise that God has given is true. In your blessing, he will bless you. Now begins your life of fruitfulness, healing, and resolution. This is your promise. Walk in it. The ancient path of the spoken blessing is before you. The thorns, thistles, branches, and weeds have all been cleared. You have found a forgotten passageway to promise. I pray that you will forget all of the toil and pain from your early setting and find healing from your generational wounds through the power of the forgotten blessing. I also pray that your future will be greater than your past and your family will walk in blessing from generation to generation. Bless you. May you be like Ephraim and Manasseh. May you forget the pain of your past, and may your future be fruitful. Amen.